Well, hey, everybody. It's a podcast. Uh, this is Matt Moore. Welcome to the Dear Maddie Show. So today's a little different because, I mean, I'm not, I'm even holding the mic. I'm relaxed. I'm in shorts. And because sugars, it's just me today. I don't know how I feel about this. It might be scary. It might be too much. But basically, people have a lot. I don't know if you know this, but my show is not the most important thing to 99% of the population and um, they have lives and when they get called in for a pilot they have to cancel my show so meaning that's what my guest did and I don't have a guest but I didn't want to not put a show up I wanted to do something so I thought I totally 100% admit that I'm stealing this idea from Aisha Tyler so um, I love that I love that podcast and um uh, it's girl on guy, and she does every year. She does a viewer questions. So uh, I thought, you know, I do get questions that are personal, and I try not to make the show all about me. And I actually just save those questions for. I didn't know what I was like. I don't know. I'll keep them in my email. And today I was like, you know what? Let's answer those. So they might be, they might be terrible. They might be great. Um, I'm sorry. I'm. Sugar, it's Friday night. I'm having a beer. I'm not drunk. I'm just, I'm, this is first beer. I'm doing first beer in the show. And then after this show, all bets are off. I can't, it's been a busy night. I had to make marshmallows for, for a friend's um, a bake sale. Sugars, I've been busy being a very homosexual man. Um, but yes, I mean, what else am I going to do on Valentine's Day? I might as well bake stuff for somebody else. So yeah, today is Friday the 13th. So th- so th- I thought, you know, it's Friday the 13th. We're just going to have a weird show because it's a weird day, right? I mean, hopefully you all had a good day, but you know, Friday the 13th, what happens? So, but yeah, so people ask me questions all the time. I appreciate it. I'm totally fine with answering, but there are usually um, actual questions from viewers that are having a problem that's going on in their life. So I try to answer that, and I want to, you know, be mindful of that. So we'll see. This might be a 10-minute show because my question, I I don't know, or I could talk for four hours, so I won't. Um, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, so let's go with number one. Uh, this is from Jeremy, age 25. Dear Maddie, your show is hilarious, and I have to say you're the cutest redhead out there. Ooh, Jeremy. Jeremy, look at you. Ooh, I'm going to read that sentence again because I need it today because I'm single and no one's buying me a goddamn valentine. I haven't had a valentine since like 1998, 99. You know what? That's just pathetic. Anyway, Jeremy thinks my show is hilarious and he thinks I'm the cutest redhead out there. Thank you, Jeremy. I think you are handsome. I don't know your life. Anyway, um, but he goes on to say, I admit I'm quite fond of the gingers, and I wanted to know if you are really a redhead. I felt like on one of your episodes you alluded that you color your hair. So are you really a redhead? Jeremy, do you want to know the truth, sugar? Do you really want to know this? I color my hair. I do. My hair is so gray now. I don't know what happened. when. I, well, I, okay, a long time ago, I decided to grow out my beard. And so my phone's dinging. And a long time ago, I decided to grow up my beard. And when I grew it out, it was red, like really, really crazy red. And so um, then my hair started going gray. And I mentioned how single I am. So I'm like, you know, I'm not ready for that shiznit. So I think um, I'm going to color it. And I did. And then I colored my hair red. And everybody said, oh, it looks like you're a natural redhead. So it's just kind of stuck. And now... 
I can't ever change it because I, I don't think I would get ever a job ever again for commercial acting, and also too I I don't I don't know if the the men of um, the men of color would prefer me as much. Maybe that's my own self doubt though. As I say that, I'm thinking if I was giving advice to myself. I would tell myself to be confident in who I am and be okay that I have love handles and be okay that my hair is mousy brown gray or brown with a little bit of gray and some red. Um, but, um, yeah, so maybe maybe I have best self-esteem and I need to color my hair. I don't know. For me, actually, there's two things, too. Carol Burnett, a lot of people don't realize Carol Burnett is not a real redhead. Um, and I adore her. I love her. And also, too, my grandma Maybell, my mom's mother, was a redhead. So and she was very Irish. Um, and I, I don't know. So I feel like I, she died when I was – she had stomach cancer. I believe stomach cancer. Um, she died when she was very young. She was about 52 years old. And I think I, was a, I wasn't even one-year-old. One, one-year-old? One, yeah, it's one. I wasn't even one. And um, my brother, my bubba, he, Brian barely remembers her. But I don't – I kind of remember her house, but I don't really remember her that much. So I don't know. There's something about coloring my hair. I feel like I'm channeling my grandmother, my grandma Maybell. And so I feel like she's with me in a way. Um, that I wasn't before. It's like when I wear a trucker hat, I feel like I'm channeling my grandpa Pete because he always used to wear those. He had like 10 million of them. So I don't know. It's just, whatever. It's not a big deal. Boy, I have issues about it. I talked a long time about that. But yes, Jeremy, I color my hair. The illusion is dead. All right. Next question. Dear Maddie, what is your sign and do you believe in that? This is from Karen H20. You know, I'm a Pisces, by the way. March 12th is my birthday. Um, I used to, when I was in college, I really, not really got into astrology, but I just thought it was interesting. And, you know, they say, like, Pisces is a water sign and that other people are water signs uh, that are, uh, that like, I, it's always says you date other water signs. And I'll say, like, two of the biggest relationships I've had are cancers, which are other water signs. Does that mean... I don't know. I mean, the way I, the way I look at it is, I, I you know, I think that like there is there isn't just for me. It isn't just happenstance. I mean, I believe in evolution and all that kind of stuff, and I love science. But I also believe that there is something, whether it's God for you or whether it's uh, past lives or whatever. But I believe there there is a reason that we are born at the time and the place that we are born at. And who's to say that we or the Creator or Ethel Merman, I don't know what you believe, sugars. Who's to say that that is not choosing when we're born and when we're brought into this universe? So that's why I'm like, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it is really general, general generalities. I'm boy, I can't talk. Boy, half a beer, and I'm Jesus, take the wheel. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I do. I will say, my gut tells me it's something I don't think I can think about as much as I can feel. And I will say. That my gut tells me that I think there's some truth to it. Also, it also, my gut tells me that I will believe anything, usually, if it sounds logical. I'm, boy, sell me freaking Amway or, it's, I mean, an encyclopedia salesman could still sell me a full set. I'm telling you, if he came in and he had pretty brown eyes and just smile and just talk to me i would totally now i even want to look up encyclopedia britannica to see if they sell it so karen i can be a little gullible so i can't make promises i don't know um yeah 
So there's that. All right. Um, next question is from Rick. Dear Maddie, what is the weirdest thing about you that you would never share on your show? Uh, Rick, I, you just said I would never share it. So there's that. Um, the weirdest thing. Weird is such a weird, huh, I just said, but weirdest is to me an ineffective word in our society. I'm, maybe just because I'm a narrative therapist, so I'm all about using the way we talk about language is truly, I think, the way that we figure out our lives and have meaning in our life. So when someone says weird, I, I, I don't know what that means almost anymore because I grew up feeling weird because I grew up being gay in Oklahoma. Well, not even being gay. I grew up loving fucking Wonder Woman, like obsessed with Linda Carter at the age of three in Oklahoma, in southern Oklahoma. So, sugar. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that could be the weirdest thing about me. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Is it the fact that, like, I, I, I sleep on my right side? See, I don't know. For different people, it's, it's what is odd to you. The, now, I will say things that I would never share on the show. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not here yet. So, um, but... I don't know if I would share a lot of intimate details about my re- a present relationship. I might talk about past relationships, but but even then, I wouldn't want to talk about things in my personal life that I know. I mean, now there's, what, two of you that are listening, maybe four. But if there was a bunch of people, I don't know if I would talk about my life um, in that way because I wouldn't want people to be affected by it. And I wouldn't want somebody, oh, God forbid, I said something that really... Uh, affected somebody uh, life. I mean, I just read an article um, that people are posting right now on Facebook. I think it's a HuffPo article about this girl who tweeted this really um, terrible tweet about, she was going to South Africa and she tweeted this tweet about um, oh, I'm headed, she was traveling basically all around Europe and she said, okay, now I'm headed to South Africa or South Africa and she said, um, hope I don't get AIDS or something, but oh wait, I'm white, so I won't. And yeah, terrible terrible taste and I think she like you can say that I think maybe if you're Seth MacFarlane or somebody like that but she's not she's just she actually was a PR person for a company but this article was all about how that one tweet she got on a plane a 10 hour flight and when she got out of when she woke up um, and woke up and got off the plane she turned her phone on and her phone was blowing up like text and calls and this tweet completely went viral. I mean, she only had like 160 followers, and suddenly she had people that were donating to anti-racism or anti—well, uh, racism too, but also anti-HIV AIDS causes on in her name um, to combat the type of language that she was using and the message she was sending out there. Um, and I'm not saying that she. Oh, she was just trying to be funny. She didn't really mean it. I didn't mean that. I mean, I, but I do think that like as human beings, we say things in the moment or we say things that we think are funny or I've told, I have 100%, I'm a stand-up comedian, so I've 100% said things that are not politically correct. Um, but I, I, I'm careful about putting that in social media and I try to be more and more thoughtful and what is my intention and putting something in social media. And I think a lot of people don't forget that. I mean, you can you can tweet that and then delete it, but if you but if somebody else shares it and it goes on, that's not getting deleted. So it's already out there. It truly is permanent. Um, I'm so glad. Sugars. I'm so glad that there wasn't YouTube when I was in middle school. 
because there would be a video right now of me doing the MC Scat Cat dance to Paula Abdul's Opposite to Tract. I'm not even kidding. And and the Hanky Panky song with the, to Madonna's Dick Tracy with me slapping my ass. I mean, that would be some gay, amazing gay, though, embarrassing shit. So, anyway, Rick, sorry, I went off on a tangent, but whatever, it's my show, and I'm, I'm the only one here. Bam! Boom! Taking a drink of beer. Um. So, yeah, so, I th- yeah, anything that I think, I'm always just aware of what am I going to say that could affect somebody else in my life. And so I just try to try to keep that out. I want to be like Dolly Parton. You know how she has her husband and nobody really knows anything about him? I want that. I want him to be just a handsome guy that nobody knows anything really about. Um, because only I need to know this. So, but I don't know anything about him because he's not here. All right. Uh, next question. This is from Tony, age 38. Oh, well, speaking of men. Dear Maddie, you always say on the show that you're attracted to African-American guys. This is true, Tony. Thank you for listening. I recently read an article online where the author, a black man, talked about racism in the gay community. He mentioned that he felt guys who said they weren't into African-American men were racist, but also... Uh, but also were the men who only dated African-American men. He felt they were racist as well. What are your thoughts, and do you think this applies to you? So actually, I went Googled, and I read this article. The guy who wrote it is a really hot black guy, and I friended him on Facebook. He's so cute. And I probably should have looked this up before the show started to say, oh, read this article. But I didn't. I just saw he was cute, and there you go. Um, He did like a biography or a documentary, and he was talking about it. So I read this article, and I have to say it made me think a little bit because, yes, Tony, you were right. I I do a lot of times think that African-American guys are more attractive. I think what the author talked about, he talked about how a lot of people – only date and that this is big like in the gay community like on grinder and scruff or whatever um and i think straight people actually think this way too i think gay men i don't think uh, and i do mean not just women i mean pretty much gay men just fucking say it they're like oh i don't date asian guys or no i don't i'm not into black guys or i don't date latino guys they i think that is really prevalent in our community and do i think that's racism i do um I also think that it's um, it, it's a form of racism. I also think that it's uh, a form of, uh, I don't know, historyisms per se in that, yes, it's racism, but I also think I've found people that have they'll have a bad experience with someone who's of that race, and then they just assume that everyone of that race is going to be, like if they date one Latino guy, who is really dramatic or something, they think every Latino guy is going to be dramatic, which is true. They are dramatic, but no, I'm kidding. Um, So I think that sometimes people do that. I I don't, like, I actually do date other guys besides African-American guys, but I can't deny that if if there is, like, two guys in a bar and they both looked cute and they both looked, you know, friendly and they both made me laugh and they were intelligent that if one guy was black and the other one was white, I probably would be, probably would be more attracted to the, the black guy. But it also depends on like just their face and their eyes and their smile and stuff like that. Um, but so yeah, did, did I think though the fact that I have a preference of African, cause I never think about it that as racist cause I'm like, well no, I have a preference of African American men. But he talked about how white people are the people could almost, you know, 
uh, be fantalizing. Is it fantalizing? I can't speak. Jake's going to be so angry when he hears this because I'm using bad, not correct English, but like Jake Anthony listens to this show, sugar. Anyway, just when he's on it. So, um, but is it because I do have a preference? Does that make me like a, make me racist? I mean, I'm going to say no because I'm my, I'm a person that doesn't feel like they're racist and I really stand up to that and believe not in perpetuating that. Um, but I can't speak for maybe somebody who was into me who wasn't African American or somebody, I don't know. I've, the guys that I've dated and talked to, I've flat out said like they're into African American guys. You know what? I just thought of this going back to Jeremy's question. Well, are people like ginger racist or something? Because literally, I, I mean, I guess I can relate to that. I Ever since I started coloring my hair, it's amazing what happens when you color your hair because I get the whole adage of blondes have more fun, so to speak, because people completely treat you differently. I think people expect now that I have red hair that I'm going to be like brassier and I'm going to be more mouthy and that I'm going to be fun and louder. And that wasn't, I think, the case before. I totally 100% believe that. Um and also, too, I think that, you know, there's people that I know that are completely 100% into me because I have red hair, 100%. So I don't know. Does that make me feel like a piece of meat? Well, that's what I, that's what I want, people. I just, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, 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 maybe a little, I guess, sometimes. It just, there were, I remember one time I, um, I think I met this guy on Tinder and, or maybe it was scruff. Um, but anyway, I met this guy and, uh, he was like really, really super into me and all this kind of stuff. And, um, we went on a date and he asked about, he asked all about my family history and he wanted to know like how many redheaded people like were in like the lineage of redhead people. But I was, this is our first date and this is, I'm pretty honest that I color my hair now, but when I first did it, I don't know why. I was like, no, I'm not telling people. So I never told him. I'm like, look, dude, I color my hair. You're uh, obsessed. Um, but then, like, towards the middle, well, middle to the end of the day, because I was, he totally asked me if the carpets match the drapes. And I thought, that's, but literally, you're asking about my puberty. That's disgusting. Like, this is a very personal question. Um, so obviously, he's just thinking about my junk. Which is gross to me. Um, not that my junk's gross, but you know what I mean. The fact that we just met on a coffee date. That's not who I want to be. Um, you know, I'm literally thinking, I want to get married. Um, so, I, I don't, boy, I went off on a tangent on that. But I can understand how somebody might think I'm being racist. Where somebody who, I, I don't know. I think it's the thing that, like, that guy had a problem. But I've been with a lot of other guys who are like, oh, I think redhead guys are really cute. I'm attracted to them. But when you talk to them about who they've dated, they've dated a lot of other people. And um, I've been with a lot of a lot of white guys, Latino guys, black guys, Asian guys. Like I just Middle East, ooh, Middle Eastern man, ooh, that ooh, Lord sugars. I just had a memory. Somebody took ooh, sorry. What are we talking about? That was he was cute. Anyway, so see, there's there are all types out there. So anyway, Tony, you probably think I'm a big fucking racist. So screw you, whatever. Thank you for writing. Actually, thank you for writing the question. Do go write. Y'all should read that article, especially if you're a gay man. Um, it's a really good article. Just Google hot black guy writes a thing about racism. I don't know. Figure it out. All right. Uh, next question is from Stephanie, age 31. Dear Maddie, what advice um, do you have for starting a podcast? Um, Stephanie, it is 
it, in some ways it's it's e- easier once it's up and running, but it's difficult once it's started or to get it started. If that makes sense. Um, you know how like when you have to push like a broken down car and you've got to get behind it, and you've got to dig in, you've got to put your hands behind it, you got to bend your knees, you might need help to do it, and you just push and push with all your mount. And then once it starts rolling, then you get the momentum. For me, that's what a podcast has felt like. It was, I mean, thank God for, first of all, thank God for Patrick Hine, who does my graphic art for the website and does when I need it. He's like the most fantastic, quickest, does amazing work and also really helpful. He really set things up to make this process easier for me. Um, but, and also another, Stephanie, I recommend um, a podcast that I really like to listen to. I listen to Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler and um, I also really great episode I'm listening to right now I'm in the middle of it with her and Dan Savage it's an old episode but I highly recommend it um, um, I uh, uh, I also listen to a, a thing called the audacity to podcast it's with Daniel I think his name's Daniel J. Lewis I know that's the actor but um, Daniel I don't fully remember but Really amazing podcast. Like he is the reason why I think that my friend Aaron Lillis recommended me to that. Um, and he's the reason why I'm able to, I was able to learn what an RSS feed was and why I needed to have control over that and, and what I could use to edit the podcast. And I mean, I'm not going to go into telling you the advice because he's the, that's his, that's the whole point of his podcast is about podcasting and how to start a podcast. There's many other podcasts. He works with other podcasters. So I would recommend um, just Googling how to start a podcast and you're going to find all those people that, because I don't know the technical information and they're going to explain that to you. And honestly, I probably read and listened to stuff for about two months pretty hardcore at least like five to six hours a week of reading no more than that actually um that's just of listening and uh, it's just you want to make sure you do it right and i will say what you want to make sure you own your rss feed i'm not going to explain that because i don't fully know how to but i know it stephanie so sugar you do that all right next question this is actually our last question i don't have a ton of questions this is all i've had so far so like I said, this is probably going to be a short show. All right. This is from Carmen, age 42. And Carmen says, Dear Maddie, I have been through the ringer with relationships. It seems like no matter what guy I date, I end up getting used, used and feeling like I'm being taken advantage of. Even in my friendships, I feel that I'm often the person who is always giving, but I'm not getting anything back. You've mentioned that you've had this history with relationships of being a doormat. How did you get past it? Carmen, age 42. Sugar, I'm not past it yet. That is my like addiction for me is uh is getting into relationships where i am just being taken advantage of i think i think there's two things for me that play into that a i i do i mean i don't mean this to sound like oh i'm so awesome or whatever i just mean it just knowing like my dna i think the reason i'm obsessed still with superheroes like wonder woman but also batman superman you know captain america i love captain america um but even being obsessed with them from a little kid is that there's just at an early age, I was programmed that I, it is, humans should do good things for people. They should try to help people out. They should try to be a, a, a resource for them and a rock for them to stand on and and supportive. And that is, I truly believe, it's still in my being. And I don't know where that came from, um, but I 100% believe that. So there's that working for me. And then there's also, I think, think too, that... I got good at it. I got. I knew that I needed that inside. That's what I felt. And then, 
Especially when my parents got divorced when I was a kid, my mom really went through a tough time, and I know that I was really there for her. I was in high school, and suddenly, instead of just being the normal high school kid, I remember really, um, I think Paul Gordon and I talked, oh, that was a great episode, by the way, if you haven't listened to that, Um, but we, I was just, I was cooking dinner for my mom. I was really helping her out, like being, even though I was 14, a lot of times acting like an adult, which a lot of us do, and emotionally being there for her as well. So I think I just, and then that just perpetuated in my life. I, It unlocked this ability I have to take care of people. And then, you know, for me, a big breakthrough is that I, I had a friend a couple of years ago who was struggling with alcoholism and... Uh, I had another friend who who I did a, who was in the program in AA, and uh, I was just talking to her about my friend and how I felt about her and how I was just stressed out. And she said, "You should go to an Al-Anon meeting." And I said, "What's Al-Anon?" And Al-Anon is basically so there's AA for people that are struggling with alcoholism, but then Al-Anon is for people that are family or friends or related. They know someone who is struggling with addiction, whether it be drugs or shopping or social media, whatever their addiction is, food, drinking. And the whole point of Al-Anon is it, it actually helps you divorce or separate yourself from the person, um, that is struggling with the addiction. So it's like, sorry, I'm drinking beer and burping y'all. I'm I'm glad I'm talking about alcoholism. I'm drinking beer. Jesus. Um, (laughs) anyway, it's, so it's, so it's basically about getting space for you and for you. That's where the term we hear, like we enable people. A lot of that comes from an Ellen that we, we think we're helping someone out. We think we're helping them by giving them money. We think that we're helping them by, um, by taking care of everything for them when they have an emotional breakdown of all, of always taking care of them for me. And even when the emotional breakdown isn't that, isn't really that big of an emotional breakdown. It's just something small. We just say, oh, well, I'll do this. I don't mind. Or just let me do this. I'll get this one thing. It's, it, and, and then suddenly this kind of evolves into it's expected. So, Carmen, I think I'm not past that. But basically, Al-Anon, I went to a couple of meetings for that, and I got a little book. And what that helped me realize is that I don't know if I'm ever going to get past this because this is something ingrained in my DNA of that I'm a do-gooder, and I truly believe that I help people. And so... That's one thing I try to remind myself that when I talk on this show with people or getting my master's in psychology is that my job, my job is to help people, not my life. So maybe that's it for you too. Maybe you have this do-gooder part of you, this part of you that feels like you need to help people. See where you can siphon that or funnel that into good, creative helpful energy for someone maybe volunteer not don't go above and beyond don't spend 10 days you know a month maybe like once or twice a month you volunteer for something or you go help out a food bank or you do something like that because i get it when i first started you know this sounds so cliche but when i first started taking care of me i felt really selfish really fucking selfish i felt like sometimes i was even being an asshole and i was letting people down and you know what I was letting people down because I'd built this life of someone who takes care of everything for people. So when suddenly I wasn't taking care of people, I, they were disappointed and I could feel it. And you know what? They got over it. And the people that loved me and that wanted to be my friends, a friend, are still my friends. And the people that wanted someone just to take care of them and wanted me to be a doornat, guess what? They're not in my life. And P.S. I don't really feel that much sadness about that. It's It's just called growth, sugar. And it's called moving on and 
and taking care of yourself. It's, you know, refilling the cup, so to speak. All those old cliches that we always hear, that we try to do, that we don't. Well, they're totally true. And so, so anyway, so Al-Anon was a great thing uh, for me for that. And again, that and just figuring out how to, how to put your energy in a helpful way to people that's not going to suck you dry, Carmen. So good question. And that's it, everybody. So yeah, this is, we didn't even hit 30 minutes. This is a short little show, sugar. So, but I wanted to get something out this week on a Friday night. So yeah, thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Also too, I, I changed a couple of things. So um, if you're, you can go to the website, you can go to uh, dearmattyshow.com. Um, or talk to mattmar.com. They both take you to the same website. Um, but also, I changed my social media. So now my Twitter, my Facebook, and my um, Instagram all say the mattmar. But I want to talk about Facebook and that. I actually set up a Facebook page, y'all. It felt a little narcissistic because, you know, you have to set up I'm Matt Mar, I'm an actor page. But um, uh, basically, this is about this is about the show. So this is for... Um, uh, people that just want to talk about the show, they like to comment, or that we said, or maybe you, maybe you thought I gave terrible advice. That's that's fine. Tell me, or you can talk to me. Maybe you could talk with other people about uh, some things that we talked about on the show. So it's just a form. It's Facebook. It's a form. You know, someone mom knows what's going on because that's how she checks in on the Facebook. So again, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook are just slash the Matt Mar T H E M A T T M A R R. And then some exciting, it's not up yet, but um, I'm going to start, I'll let you know, but I'm going to start posting some YouTube videos answering questions as well. So we're just taking over. The Mercury retrograde is over, sugars, and we're doing this shit. We're going to do it. Um, So I hope this wasn't on. Let me know what you think about this episode. It was fun. It was fun. The beer helped, but I do miss talking to people. That's my favorite thing is actually getting to know them. So go to the website, talktomattmar.com. Leave your questions. Uh, if If you have questions personally for me, just... Put them on there, and the next uh, viewer or listener question or show, um, we will get to those. So, all right, y'all. Well, thanks so much, and do something nice for somebody this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.